0: I think there's a lot of interesting things happening both around the Wi-Fi standard and some of the ecosystems that are built on top of Wi-Fi. And in particular, if we start with Wi-Fi 6, I think if you look at IoT applications, Wi-Fi 6 is going to bring a lot of benefits.
1: Is Wi-Fi 6 a game changer for the Internet of Things? Our guest today thinks it could be. Welcome back to The Signal. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is our podcast where we talk to industry leaders about products that are changing the Wi-Fi connectivity landscape. Today, we're going to talk about Wi-Fi for the Internet of Things with Ross Sabalsik. He is SVP and GM for commercial and industrial IoT products at Silicon Labs. Ross, thanks so much for joining us on The Signal.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, we're excited to hear what you've got to talk about. So commercial and industrial products, I think you're also involved with Smart City and some smart home as well, right?
0: That's correct. Yeah, as a company, we cover a wide range of IoT applications, and there's home and consumer type applications and more of the industrial and commercial. I'm directly responsible for the industrial and commercial, but I'm pretty familiar about the home and consumer space as well.
1: So of all the things you're involved with, what are you the most excited about right now?
0: I think there's a lot of interesting things happening both around the Wi-Fi standard and some of the ecosystems that are built on top of Wi-Fi. And in particular, if we start with Wi-Fi 6, I think if you look at IoT applications, Wi-Fi 6 is going to bring a lot of benefits. And the way I view Wi-Fi for these IoT applications is there could be several different reasons why you'd want to choose Wi-Fi. One of the important ones is Wi-Fi is very ubiquitous. So you assume that in an environment, Wi-Fi connectivity is going to be there. So you don't have to put another gateway in to connect to Wi-Fi. So the ubiquitous aspects are really important and have always been there. In addition to that, though, adding a lot of devices to a Wi-Fi network has had some challenges in the past. And with IoT networks, the number of devices could be an order of magnitude more than you would have in a lot of traditional Wi-Fi applications. So having the ability to scale... And then finally, having the ability to do it in a low-power way is really important on IoT. And Wi-Fi 6 brings a lot to the table to address all of those IoT needs.
1: And I think you have a new Wi-Fi 6 chip, the 917?
0: Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we as a company cover a wide range of wireless standards, and Wi-Fi is a big area of focus for us right now. If you look at the 917, it's targeting IoT applications, and some of the things that make it Unique for IoT applications, this is what we would call a system on a chip. Mm -hmm. So it not only has the Wi-Fi radio for connectivity, but also would have an embedded MCU and also some uh, learning accelerators on the device so that you can run your entire application from the chip and do a lot of intelligence at the edge with it. In addition to being able to do that compute component, we also have designed it to be very low power. So there's a lot of Wi-Fi applications where ideally you don't want to be plugged into the wall. You want to be running off of batteries. So think like a door lock, for example. We've put a lot of features in the device that really extend the battery life for Wi-Fi, which historically has been an area Wi-Fi hasn't done particularly well at, is low-power, long-battery life applications.
1: But Wi-Fi 6 is more efficient, right, and helps with that battery efficiency.
0: Yeah, so Wi-Fi 6, some of the features built into it, there is a a unique new feature that's called this target wake time. So historically, you may have had to wake up at a more frequent interval than you would have needed to just keep your Wi-Fi connection alive. And so there's a lot more flexibility now in setting up a device to kind of optimize the duty cycle to maximize the battery life. So that's a really exciting feature from Wi-Fi 6 for IoT. We also talked about the ability to support many more nodes. And so Wi-Fi 6 has some capabilities to allow the node counts to be much larger and more efficient than you would have seen in like Wi-Fi 4.
1: And what are some of the other applications for these low-power Wi-Fi 6-connected devices, maybe outside the smart home, retail, smart building?
0: A lot of applications. talked about that idea of kind of being ubiquitous, having high bandwidth, and having a lot of devices. Some of those higher bandwidth applications, uh, cameras, are really exploding across almost all of our verticals. So be that security camera in the home, for Christmas, I actually just got my wife a Wi-Fi bird feeder that has a camera that will <laughs> take pictures of the birds when they land on the perch. So that's all Wi-Fi. Um, and the
1: squirrels when they climb the squirrels
0: up. <laughs> we don't we have not uh, seen any squirrels yet, but lots of birds. But then in the more professional space, cameras again, if you can imagine a retail environment where you would have shelves and you're trying to see if you need to restock the shelves. Right. Uh, Wi-Fi cameras are being used there to uh, you know, look at the inventory on the shelves and then flag an associate to come out and stock them if they're empty. So is
1: that kind of an example of that on-device processing? Because they don't just take a picture, but they figure out what they yeah. saw, right? and
0: that on-device processing could be as simple as just a motion alert that something's okay. happened, or even more where you're trying to actually determine is the inventory depleted. It's kind of a continuum of how much you can do on the device versus when you want to push it to the cloud to do more processing. So that camera angle is real important. But then we see other devices, again, coming back to the fact that Wi-Fi is just ubiquitous. So that could be in building automation, things like thermostats Mm -hmm. or occupancy sensors in rooms, a lot of applications around that. Even in spaces like smart cities where you have electric meters, a lot of electric meters now are starting to add Wi-Fi to them. And the use case that they're doing there is there's a process called load disaggregation where you can figure out what devices are turning on in your home by looking at the total current consumption of your home. So, for example, you could say, oh, your washing machine just turned on or your HVAC just turned on, and you could see how much power you were consuming in each device. And so utilities are really interested in enabling their customers to have this. Like, where are you spending most of your money? but it's a lot of data. And so they're using a Wi-Fi connection now to push that data to the cloud to be able to do that type of analysis. So those are some of the more professional applications that we see outside of the home.
1: So that sort of speaks, though, also to getting devices in the home to talk to one another. And right. I think that that's what MATTER enables, right? Right, and yeah. And new chip is MATTER ready, I yeah. think. Yeah,
0: so MATTER is an incredibly exciting development in the market for us. And if you look at the history of the smart home, it's been this kind of balkanization of each company having their own ecosystem. So your Bluetooth devices couldn't necessarily talk to your Wi-Fi devices, could not talk to your Zigbee or Z-Wave devices. And that's limited, we believe, a lot of the adoption in the smart home because you might have needed multiple hubs with multiple applications on your phone to control your house. And consumers don't want that, they want it to be simple. So what MATTER brings to the table is it's an application layer that sits on top of all of those physical layers and allows them to communicate with each other. So for example, if you look at products, you might have a light bulb that is Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or Zigbee thread or even Z-Wave. Historically, it's been very hard to have those devices talk to each other. So if you wanted to turn on and off all the lights in the mixed network like that, it's not easy for the consumers. What Matter does is makes the way that you talk to those devices, regardless of what that transport layer is, consistent. So it becomes a lot simpler now to have your Alexa Hub or your Google Home or your Apple HomeKit kind of smart speaker now control your entire network. And we think that's going to help unlock a lot of demand in the smart home and also some interesting new use cases that all those devices can talk to each other.
1: Yeah. Do you think consumers are getting educated about this? Because it it kind of is a game changer.
0: Yeah, I think, yes, there's a lot of activity going around matter right now. We have a big event we do to educate the industry we call works with. And Mm -hmm. we had a big rollout around matter associated with works with. There was also a big event that the CSA hosted recently to roll out matter And the devices are starting to make their way into retail channels in in the consumer's hands. So I think looking here in 2023, there'll be a big push by the industry to try to educate consumers about matter. The frustration that consumers will see now often is if you go into your local Home Depot or Lowe's and you want to buy a light bulb, there might be three or four different variants. Do I buy the Bluetooth? Do I buy the Wi-Fi? Do I buy the Zigbee? We believe matter is going to really simplify that, not only for Consumers, but also for retailers that they could stock less product if they needed to.
1: Interesting. So I usually think of enterprise IoT as maybe having fewer competing connectivity standards. Is Matter more of a consumer play?
0: I think that's a really great question. If you look at a lot of this commercial and professional space, customers have built, I call them walled gardens. Okay. So you buy all of your equipment from supplier A to to build out your building, your, your hotel in Vegas, there's some challenges with that. And there's a few from the end customer perspective. One of the challenges is I'm locked into you as a supplier. And so there's a big effort to say, I want it to be a more open standard. So from the kind of end customer view, that's a benefit. But also from a lot of these customers, even if they're building walled gardens, you might not make all of the components that Mm -hmm. fill out your ecosystem. And so you want to white label a component from somewhere else. So Matter is seeing a lot of interest in that commercial and professional space because it is an open standard that would allow multi-device operation and it allows different devices to talk together. We're seeing a lot of interest. It's lagging a little behind on the home side because the Matter Alliance is focused on home first. But I think after this initial rollout on the home, you're going to see a lot of interest around that professional and uh, commercial space to take that work and then redeploy it in those Wait, types of But it's
1: lagging a little bit on the home side?
0: The commercial side is lagging versus yeah, the home sense. side. But as home now starts to ship product and get kind of critical mass, right. a lot of that work will be redeployed on the commercial side. And there's actually working groups that are targeting that.
1: And people are going to see it in their homes and go to work and IT people and say, hey, we could be doing the same things. So. Yeah,
0: I think, I think that's right. And also, again, simplify of I don't have to necessarily be locked into one walled garden. You know, I have more options available because there's an open standard like matter.
1: Okay, so Matter is obviously a huge opportunity for developers and device makers. Right. If people want to get started with creating these new solutions, what are the steps, and how long will it take them?
0: Yeah, great question. The exciting thing is that Matter is here today, and the, the CSA has done the official launch of Matter, so that Matter devices are starting to ship in the market. And Silicon Labs, we've been an early proponent of Matter. And in addition to the 917 device we talked about earlier, that is the chip that supports the Matter standard, we also have all of the developer tools, software enablement, and kits to allow a customer who wants to build a Matter Wi-Fi product today to get up and running quickly to prototype and get to production with their own Wi-Fi Matter-based product.
1: So of all the different verticals that you're involved in, are there one or two where you see Wi-Fi 6 having the biggest impact, say, in the next 12 to 18 months?
0: Yeah, I think both on the home applications, where, again, I think getting longer battery life for battery-powered nodes, being able to have more Wi-Fi nodes. I think there's going to be a lot of traction there. Matter, I think, is also going to help with that to kind of grow the whole market, I think if you look on that more industrial and commercial side, in things like smart metering, we're seeing a really high attach rate for Wi-Fi right now for those applications I mentioned about. And then we're seeing a lot of it in the retail space as well, be it for cameras, for tracking inventory, or other building automation type applications. Those are where I really see a lot of traction right now for Wi-Fi and in particular for Wi-Fi 6.
1: And also, I mean, a lot of retailers are using cameras to take pictures of us when we walk into the store, right? Right. And that has privacy issues, I think, around it. So that's probably something that you probably don't have to get too involved in, I guess, or you do.
0: Um, Well, what's interesting is where we will get pulled into that, this goes back to what I was talking about. Can you do processing at the edge versus the cloud? And so if you're going to put a camera in your home you might not want all that data going to the cloud unless you identify that, hey, this really is a person coming into an area when nobody's home. Now I want to push that data to the cloud. So where we get pulled into it is, can you only push up the relevant data by processing at the edge to try to protect privacy? So we get pulled into a lot of those conversations because we do this processing more at the edge than in the cloud in our devices.
1: Okay, gotcha. We haven't talked much about 6E with more bandwidth, more channels. Does that have a lot of implications for many of your customers?
0: Yeah, I think as you look at Wi-Fi, you know, we talked about ubiquitous, high data rates, and then kind of the ability to do battery life or a lot of devices. 6E is really critical for where you need that really high bandwidth throughput. And so that would be, there are applications that need that. Think of a gateway, for example, would or certain types of video applications where you really need to have that higher bandwidth. A lot of the IoT devices don't need that. So there are classes that do, but actually in the IT space, I think there are more devices that can live with less bandwidth, but you want a lower cost and a longer battery life and more devices to be able to connect.
1: All right, excellent. All right, Ross, anything else you want to highlight?
0: I think it's um, for us as an IoT company, I would say I think we're really entering in sort of a golden age for Wi-Fi, for IoT. Historically, be it because of cost or power consumption, Wi-Fi's had a more limited impact in a lot of these IoT spaces. Mm-hmm. But now with a lot of the changes coming from Wi-Fi 6, with innovations that you'll see kind of more of the IoT companies making around Wi-Fi for a longer battery life or being able to do more processing in a single chip, there's lots of applications now where Wi-Fi in the past would not have been a good fit that are opening up, I think, for Wi-Fi. And because it's so ubiquitous, you know, it's a really, I think, a attractive proposition for both consumers and device manufacturers. So we're really excited about Wi-Fi.
1: Clearly you are. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Ross Sibalsik, SVP and GM for Commercial and Industrial IoT Products at Silicon Labs. Thank you so much for being here on The Signal.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for the time.
1: And that is our show. Don't forget to check the show notes for more resources. And don't forget to subscribe to The Signal on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll get all the latest episodes straight to your device. For all things Wi-Fi, check out Wi-Fi Alliance. That's y-fi.org. I'm Martha DeGrasse. Thanks for listening. Please join us next time on The Signal.